Hello, UBC family. I'm, I uh, pray that you're all doing well. Um, I am happy to be in God's word with you tonight. We'll be in Ezekiel 14, 6. So go ahead and turn there with me now. Um, and if you don't have a Bible with you, it should be printed in the handout that you got at the door coming in tonight. But as you turn there, I want to say my hope and prayer for tonight. It's twofold. I hope that we all feel the weight and the seriousness of our sin. That we would all be truly convicted of the idols in our lives. That we'd be struck to the heart. But I also pray that we would find rest in Christ tonight. That we would be encouraged to faithfulness and obedience. That we would find encouragement from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But to get started, as always, it's best to know our context for the verse. Uh, so we're going to take a quick look at the context of Ezekiel and then the immediate context of our verse here today. Ezekiel is a very dark, dark time in Israel's history. It's a very dark book, and it has a few beams of hope-filled light throughout with the new covenant being proclaimed. Ezekiel, the prophet, comes on the scene uh, to Israel after both the northern kingdom, Israel, and the southern kingdom, Judah, have been exiled. Hope is at an all-time low. Things are dark and bleak. I mean, the first words that God speaks in this book, in the whole book, are judgment and condemnation against Israel's sin. From there, it's chapter in and chapter out of sin revealed, condemnation pronounced, and judgment promised. Just the first chapters leading up to our chapter here, it, God speaks of uh, Jerusalem will be destroyed. Israel is condemned for uh, turning from their God. The day of wrath of the Lord is pronounced. Israel's priests and elders are condemned for idolatry. People are slaughtered. False prophets are condemned. And to top it all off, the glory of the Lord leaves the temple. The very thing that makes Israel distinct from the rest of the nations. God's dwelling place, no more. And then we get to our chapter here today. Our text is set up in a scene where the elders have come to Ezekiel, and they're asking him to inquire of the Lord on their behalf. And the Lord is appalled that these men would inquire of him by his prophet, the same men who God says they have taken their idols into their hearts and that they have set their stumbling blocks before their faces. And God's not kidding when he says that, because in chapter 8, before our chapter today, the elders are seen worshiping uh, bugs and animals and bowing down to the sun, all in the temple where God is worshiped, where God is dwelling. And the, the elders say, the Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken this land. It's in this scene our text comes. So let's read it now, Ezekiel 14, 6. 
Therefore, say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, Repent and turn away from your idols, and turn away your faces from all your abominations. Let's do it one more time. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, Repent and turn away from your idols, and turn away your faces from all your abominations. Simple enough, right? Repent. Turn your face. Rid yourselves of idols, of abominations. And why do this? Because then they can come to God as they were not able to before. And we see this in verse 11 where he says they will be his people and he will be their God. So the main point that we'll be drawing out of this text and thinking about tonight is a question. This question is, what are you looking to? What are you looking to? Our text is very clear. It calls you to, to turn your face and repent from your idols, which are an abomination to God. And before you say or think you're good because you don't worship bugs or you haven't bowed down to the sun and prayed to it, stop. Because we are all just like the elders God is speaking to here. In verses 2 and 4 in this chapter, God says these men have taken these idols into their hearts. And just as Brad showed us this morning in 1 Thessalonians, we are guilty of the very same heart these elders have. So now that we're all under the gun here, let's do the painful work of thinking about our idols to pinpoint them, we can ask some questions of ourselves. Where do you find joy? Do you need to go to friends, to, to sports, to video games, to family? Where do you go or what do you think of when you need to be comforted? Can you only find comfort from a girlfriend or boyfriend? From food? Do you need to distract yourself with things like YouTube and Netflix or a good book? Where does your money go? How much money do you spend on entertainment, eating out, or nice clothes? How would you feel or react if you lost fill in the blank? What do you talk about most? What do you get most excited about? Do scriptural truths ever make you feel excited or do sports rule the day? Do you feel invigorated when you hear of a young Christian killing sin in their life? Or do you get more excited when you see your paycheck come in? Or when you're watching an entertaining show? Is evangelism less interesting to you than what you're going to get for your birthday or your next Amazon purchase? What do you love and enjoy to immerse yourself in? Do you ever dwell on our hopes that we have as Christians? Or does the busyness of the day win out? Do you wake up to wade into God's word? Or does the extra 30 minutes of sleep rule the day? These questions bring us face to face with our idols. 
the abominations in our lives. The things that disgust God, that stir up hatred in him. Things like the idols of food, money, a spouse, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, political parties, sex, sleep, or rest. You name it, and someone has probably made an idol of it. All these things, when used wrongly, can become idols. But we have to be careful not to stop here. Because there's more to it. We can look at the example of the elders here in our passage who created idols out of, out of images of bugs. Was it because they just really loved bugs? Maybe to an extent, but it is for sure that they think these idols offer them something. They see these idols offer them promises. They believe these idols offer hope, that they offer comfort. They believe God has abandoned them, that God didn't care for them anymore, despite the many promises God had given them in his faithfulness throughout all of Israel's history. They decided to turn their back on him and trust in these idols And as I mentioned before, we're guilty of the very same thing. We take idols into our own hearts. We believe they have something more to offer, that they are more solid ground on which to stand. When you can only be comforted by your spouse and not by the many promises of God or his proofs of faithfulness, you've made an idol of your spouse. Repent and turn your face. When you have to go to sports or entertainment like Netflix to find joy or or excitement, you've bowed the knee to these things. It rules over you. Repent and turn your face. When you can only quench your anger or relieve your stress and sexual immorality, sex is your God, your great comforter, and greed rules the day. Repent and turn your face. When you're willing to sow division in the church and tear apart what God by Christ's blood has brought together uh, over tertiary political issues, you have pledged your allegiance to your king, the Republican Party, the Democratic Party. Turn your face and repent. When you lie like it's nothing to get out of things, you serve your God of preserving, of preserving your self-image. Repent and turn your face. When you snap on the drop of a dime and satisfy your fleshly desires of anger, selfishness has dominion over you. Repent and turn your face. When you see others in nicer cars and bigger homes, and jealousy stirs up within you. Money is your harsh enslaver. Repent and turn your face. When the bed wins morning after morning, buying more sleep from you, and work is a constant nag in the way of indulging idleness, laziness has its grip on you. Repent and turn your face. When going a day without food would send you into a panicked frenzy, but a day without feasting on the word of God doesn't even cause you to bat an eye. Food 
is your source of comfort and your mighty sustainer. Repent and turn your face. UBC, turn your face. Turn your face and repent of your idols. Stop gratifying the desires of your, of your flesh. Turn your face from these abominations. Abandon these false gods that you look to for comfort, that you believe their promises, that you place your hope in. They will fail you. Turn your face to the Christian here. Turn your face and behold your God. As Paul said, do you not know that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? So look to the example of the Thessalonians that Brad preached of this morning. In 1 Thessalonians 1.7, it says they became an example to all of Macedonia and Achaia. And how did they do that? Verses 9 through 10 tell us that for they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven who he, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. As Brad preached this morning about conviction, the one who's truly convicted, he says, stops talking and starts listening. So stop talking. Stop making defenses for your sins. Stop making room for your idols. Be silent before your God. Listen to his command to you to repent and turn your face from your idols. To the Christian Repent, for your God offers eternal, unwavering hope. His promises to you are yes and amen in Christ. He gives you comfort and peace that transcends all understanding. All these things your idols cannot do. Turn your face from your idols and turn your face to Christ. All of this is made possible to you in Christ, who was perfect on your behalf, who suffered and died on your behalf, who was risen securing for you eternal life and ascended into heaven where he intercedes on your behalf before our great father. Where the elders here in Ezekiel were not able to find access to God, we may enter boldly into the throne room of grace because of Christ, our great high priest. Praise God. To the non-Christian here, this could be true for you even today. If you would heed God's command of you and repent and turn your face from your idols, stop trusting in your idols. Stop trusting in yourself and turn to Christ. Place your trust in his life, death, and resurrection that I just spoke of, and you will find these same hopes that we have, these same truths that we have. But if you decide not to, God makes it clear what he will do. He says in verse 
uh, 7 through, through 8 in uh, Ezekiel 14 here. He says, I, the Lord, will answer him myself. And I will set my face against that man. I will make him a sign and a byword. And I will cut him off from the midst of my people. And you shall know that I am the Lord. And I will stretch out my hand against him. And will destroy him from the midst of my people. The Lord himself will answer you. He will set his face against you. He will stretch out his mighty hand against you. He will make you a sign and a byword, byword, and ultimately he will destroy you. Friend, I urge you, I plead with you, repent and turn your face to Christ and stop trusting in your idols. But to everyone here, don't be like the elders God is speaking to. Be like the Thessalonians that, the, that they set forth, the example that they set forth for us. So to end, let me ask you, will you repent? Will you heed this warning to turn your face from your idols, from your abominations, and turn to the living God, our King and Savior, Jesus Christ? What are you looking to? What are you looking to? Repent. Repent. Let's pray. God, help us. God, break our hearts. God, show us our sin. Bring conviction over us. Help us to hate our sin, Father. Help us to hate our sin only because we have seen the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Help us to turn our eyes to your glorious Son and forgive us, Father, for trading him for lesser things, for trash. God, please help us. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.